0: Welcome to CBJ in 30, the official podcast of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Here's Bob McElligant. Welcome to another Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ in 30. Blue Jackets losing last night to the Detroit Red Wings, getting set today to travel to Pittsburgh and take on the Penguins tomorrow. That'll be the first of a back-to-back set of games. In Pittsburgh tomorrow, back at home against the Buffalo Sabres on Wednesday night. So this has already been a day with uh, information. I was going to say with adventure. Not really adventure, but uh, Jake Vorchek just got finished speaking to the media here at Nationwide Arena. Of course, Vorchek hasn't played since the Blue Jackets' first game in Finland in November. He took a high stick in that game. He was concussed. He has been concussed a lot in his career. He hasn't played since that game, and he doesn't know when he is going to play again. So let's start off today's show. As you get your questions ready, which, by the way, you can send to me, you can either send them via Twitter, at Bobby Mac Sports. You can email me, Bobby Mack at BlueJackets.com, or you can just get live on Twitter spaces and request to ask a question. I'll bring you on, and you can ask me that question directly. But before we get to all of that, here's the conversation that – Jake Voracek just had with the media mere minutes ago here at Nationwide Arena.
1: Let's let's uh, first clear the. There seems to be an assumption over what this is about. Like there's going to be some big announcement. You want to clarify
2: why we're uh, why we're all gathered oh, here? I'm this just morning. available for you guys, yeah. so you guys can ask me questions. I can answer them. I think that's. I would start there, and you guys can go ahead if you want to.
1: Is uh, Let's just go with an update on how you're feeling and, and what your status is.
2: I feel okay. Obviously, I sustained a concussion in, in Finland. And, uh, you know, after talking to too many people and many doctors, you know, uh, we came to the conclusion that as of right now, I'm not capable of, uh, you know, coming back or I won't be coming back anytime soon. Obviously, I'm going to make my best efforts to, to, to try to do that. Uh, but uh, it might be a long process. And, uh, you know, as of now, you know, I don't see myself playing in the near future. But like I say, I do everything in my power to try to get back on the ice. But, uh, you know, like I said, I had uh, a lot of head injuries in the past. And uh, that's something, um, you know, I got to think about and be smart about. And uh, that's where I stand right now.
1: Yeah. What What are you able to do right now, Jake, if anything?
2: Well, I'm capable of living normal life yeah. off the ice, which is important. Obviously, you know, I have still some symptoms. From the concussion and concussions in past and uh and uh you know, I would like to keep those symptoms to myself and uh and uh, go from there. But uh you know, it's uh, I see some rumors that I'm you know, you know, in a tough spot or something. You know, I would say it's not a great feeling to have a concussion, but uh it's uh it's not as bad as it sounds on the internet over the last few days.
1: Do you have any possibility or thinking of coming back this season and playing?
2: No, it's very slim.
1: Would you consider retiring if you can't come back for this season, or do you want to still try to give another go if medically cleared at some point?
2: If I'm going to be medically cleared, I'm going to try. We'll see about that. And uh, Retirement, uh, I can retire. I'm still under contract, and uh, you know I would like to finish it off. If I'm going to be able to, I'll be happy about that. If I won't be, that's going to be up to doctors. Just how tough is this to kind of have to go through? I know you're a guy that you know kind of li- lived to be in that locker room with the guys and now you're taken out of it for something like this I think that's the that's the biggest issue that I have with everything It's just not to be around the guys and uh, you know that normal routine you go through every day uh you know marquetta is getting sick of me at home as well, so you know uh, we have to find a balance of that and uh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long one but uh like i said it's it is what it is i mean i try to play through everything over my career and uh, i didn't miss many games but uh obviously you know with my head injuries in the past it's 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 pretty it's pretty serious to take a look at and uh and uh just make sure i i consider all my options uh for my for my future and uh and i will see what it's gonna take me yeah. do you have any sense of how much you'll be around i mean how much can you help out o- at all or are you just gonna Kind of live your life and see where it goes. I, show, you know, I sat on it for a month. So you know, when I'll be here, obviously, when somebody from the guys, at least, would like to ask me some questions about hockey, I would be happy to answer. And uh, that's about it. You know, like uh, I know how it is when somebody's hurt. That usually, you know, you don't spend much time with your teammates, but uh, you know, it is what it is. So, you know, if somebody gonna need my help or want my help, you know, I'm here. If not, I'm completely fine with that.
0: Gee. Was this concussion
1: noticeably different than other ones you've had?
0: No, I think uh,
2: the biggest issue for me was that, you know, if this happened with the from the high stick, it, it was pretty hard swaying yeah. runner, nose. Uh, you know, I'm kind of worried what would happen if I get really hit like I did in the past. You know, I got hit a few times pretty badly, and uh, and uh, over my concussion past and uh, and. Uh, you know, I'm kind of worried that if that would be the case eventually, like what was going to happen to me, uh, if I would be able to even get up out of the bed in the morning. So, so that's something, like I said, I had to consider, I have to see many specialists and, uh, and, uh, and I'll figure out what's my future going to hold. But as of right now, you know, that's where I stand. And, uh, and, uh, you know, so we'll see in the future, obviously.
1: You Say how many concussions you've had in your career. Do you, do you know a number? Is it to you how many you've had i would say
2: you know you have about seven eight maybe documented ones and there are those little ones when you're not sure as a player and especially as a hockey player that is used to play you just don't uh you do everything in your power to get back on the ice and uh, sometimes you know uh maybe especially when you're young you miss that judgment and you know all those decisions, how soon I was coming back or when I was coming back out of those concussions, they were all up to me. And uh, I always felt like when as soon as I get on the ice and try to live a normal life and try to be part of everything that I'm used to be part of, it's going to go away. And for most parts, that's how it was, unfortunately, you know, especially with the, with the last one. It's, that's not how it is. And, uh, and uh, now I have to find a way to, to live a normal life with that.
1: Have you spoken or will you speak to Rick Nash? Who was sort of confronted with this same issue of his career made the decision to, to retire uh
2: right away in Finland before the game too so that's how kinda of tell you what kind of symptoms I had right away after the next day right after that hit so so we had a conversation about it, and uh, you know felt like I was speaking to the same person you know. We had a, both kind of had the same ideas or same opinions on those things, and uh, and uh, what I went through with my concussions, what he went through with his concussions, and uh, yeah, so it was a that was a good chit chat with uh, with Nasher. Yeah.
1: Jake, I don't, I don't, I can't remember too many guys who have enjoyed playing hockey as much as you do. A tough question, but are you at are you at peace with not playing again if it comes to that?
2: If it would come to that, part I can't tell you right now it's not on in my mind right now it's really hard for me to judge it because like I said it's I still have a contract this year I still have a contract next year so there's a lot of time to to recover from that and uh, uh, you know usually I wouldn't say I'm a sentimental person that gets stuck on things if you can do them if I can do them and people telling me I'm not allowed to then I just move on and do something else so you know I think that's the right uh, approach for me right here and uh, like I said, we'll see what the what, what the future holds. Yeah, can you say what,
1: what sort of challenges you have right now? Symptoms you have now that they continue?
2: I'm gonna keep them for myself. If you, I uh, one day I'm I'm sure I'm gonna be open about it, yeah. like I always was, especially with you guys in the media about a lot of stuff. It just I think. Uh, I was guarding my privacy pretty good so far in my career, so I would like to keep it that way. And maybe there is going to be the day when I open up about everything, and uh, and uh, and you guys going to find out.
1: You've talked about playing through some of these concussions early in your career. Knowing what you know now about them, any regrets at all that you did that early, early on?
2: Mm, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't regret anything. To be honest, uh, you know, when you are a young guy, you want to stick to the league. Uh, uh, you know the game was way different when I started first three four years five years. Uh, so so you know I was always saying as as long as I was capable of lacing them up and kind of perform, I was gonna do that. So if there is a regret to it, no, no, I knew what I was doing and everything was up to me. So I don't regret that even with that I play over a thousand games. I think I um, the thing I take it proud of that I was always a good guy in the locker room, try to help out the others and uh, and um, you know kinda give my experience to the to the other people and uh, so I don't I don't regret a single thing, no.
0: That is Blue Jackets forward Jake Voracek. He addressed the media just a few minutes ago and, and there it was and that's what he had to say about his injury. And he doesn't know what the prognosis is. But right now, the decision is that it is going to be quite some time before he is able to play again. And as you heard, if he is able to play again. There's nothing that's been determined with that as well. It, it really alarming when he talked about uh, the number of concussions that he has had, seven or eight that were documented, and then who knows how many other ones that weren't documented. It is, uh, you know, I think that's one of those things that can rack up pretty quickly. And he was asked that question about, uh, you know, if you knew back when you were younger what you know now, you know, do you regret anything? <sighs> I liked his answer on it. He doesn't regret anything. And that's the one thing I like the most about Jake Voracek. I mean, what you see is what you get with Jake. But, you know, again, there was there were times uh, that you didn't know what the heck was going on, and, and maybe you just felt a little bit disoriented and had a headache or whatever. And, and you know, nowadays things are – they're just diagnosed uh, a lot differently. So it's uh, it's a shame, and I really hope that Jake is able to play again for numerous reasons. And the, the first and foremost for me is because I love having him around. I was thrilled when the Blue Jackets traded with the Flyers to get him back. I was not so thrilled the first time around when they traded him to Philadelphia, but they righted the wrong 10 years later and brought him back here a few summers ago. So um, – He's just an all-around good guy. He is um, He's a guy that brings a lot of fun to the dressing room. He's a guy that brings a lot of uh, professionalism to the dressing room. He's the kind of guy that will make you better. I mean, you enjoy being around him. I'm sure that his teammates enjoy being his teammate. But also at the same time, you know, he does have – a a sense about him, a sense of demand about him. He does demand you to be a better player. And he does play the game at a high level. And he thinks the game extremely well. So if you play with Jake Vorchek, you you get better. You really do. And that's what I'll miss the most about having him around day in and day out. Because he's just fun. He oozes fun. He is um, kind of, He's one of the last of the old-time hockey players, and he's not even old-time hockey like, you know, 70s, 80s old-time hockey, but some of his mannerisms still carry that. The way he enjoys himself, the way he has fun, uh, that still carries through. Um, He may not be having a protein shake. He might be having a beer instead. That's shake, and that's what he's done throughout his entire career, and it has worked for him, and as you heard him say, he's played over – you know, uh, over a thousand games in the National Hockey League. He's been a great player in the NHL. He uh, he was part of some Flyers teams that did some really good things and won a lot of games. And um, again, he was good when he started his career here. He's been a very good coming back here for the Blue Jackets. So it's uh, it's a bit of a sad day. Maybe not. Um, it'd be sad if it happened yesterday, and then he was talking about this today. It's been about a month since. The incident happened, and he hasn't been playing in games. So, uh, you know, he was around early on. He was here, like, every day watching practice in the ice house or in the stands, and he was around. He was trying to be a part of – still be a part of it. But as you heard him say, he knows how it works with injured guys. And, and here's how it works with injured guys, if you don't know. They're just simply not around the team. Uh, they're Their rehab or their um, – their meetings with the training staff are completely the opposite of the times when the guys that are playing have those meetings and those treatments because those guys are playing, and so they get the first dibs, right? They get the priority because they're playing. And if you're the injured person, then your the schedule is your schedule is worked around everybody else, and so you're not. A lot of times, you're not even at the rink at the same time as everybody else. Um, you're not in the room. You're you're just kind of a ghost floating around to some extent that's why guys are so happy when they get back into the lineup not just that they are healthy and that they can play again but they're happy they get to be back in the normal routine of things and you know jake was you know trying to be around but you know knowing i'm sure knowing that uh you know this was going to be a long-term thing so so it is long-term And we shall wait and see. As Jake Vorchek said, he has another year on his contract. He's not retiring. He is uh, going to continue to try to get better from this latest concussion. And as it goes along, he will consult with doctors. And if there's a time that they feel that he can return to playing, and if he feels that he can return to playing, then that's what he will do. And if that doesn't come, then, as he said, he's been pretty good throughout his life about – uh, when one thing is not possible, then he just moves on to another thing. And we all know that's easier said than done, right? It's easy to say that. It's easy to stand in front of the group and say that. And and he means it. I know he means it. But if the day were to come that uh, – well, and it will come. It comes for everybody. There's a day when you're done playing, whether it's through injury, whether it's through deterioration of your skill set, uh, your age, whatever it is. I mean, there's a day. There's a day that somebody's going to tap you on the shoulder and they're going to say, you can't do this anymore at this level. It's just not going to work any longer. That day is coming for every guy in that dressing room. That day is coming for pretty much everybody, and no matter what you do. you got to get that tap on your shoulder. Hey, sorry, that's it. These guys are going to get it at 35. You know, the rest of us are going to get it at 65, 70 years old. But... Um, but that day is going to come. So, you, uh, I would say you have to prepare for it. I don't know if you can ever really prepare for it as a player. I think I would imagine it's something that, in many ways, you dread. You know it's going to happen, but but you dread it coming. But when it comes, you just have to move on and uh, and do something. And I, I really know that Jake means that. But I also know that it's going to be tough for him, um, when it really is over, unless. He does know it really is over, and, and he's already dealing with that. So I don't know. We shall see. But uh, it would be great to have him return to the lineup at some point. But the better thing is for him to make sure that he is healthy, to make sure that he can live a normal life, as he said. I, I thought one of the, um, the comments that, stu- that stood out the most in his discussion was he thought the hit that he took in Finland wasn't really that bad but yet he's having symptoms that are bad off of it, and it made him wonder, you know, what would happen if I really got hit and I just couldn't even get out of bed. And that's scary. That's extremely scary. So uh, a lot of things to deal with right there for Jake Vorchek and wish him nothing but the best. And uh, as I said, I hope I see him in a uniform again. Um, don't know if I will or not, but he is, uh, he's been a special player. For the Blue Jackets both times around both when he got drafted here back in 2007 when he played here his first couple of years and when he returned here after spending a decade in Philadelphia so there you're up to date on Jake Voracek and what is going on with his health and health has been uh just the the topic of everything for the Blue Jackets uh this season who is available, who is not available. And speaking of that, the Blue Jackets have had another call-up as Kirill Marchenko is on the ice here at Nationwide Arena getting ready for practice. He got called up this morning from the Cleveland Monsters. And I think when you look at that game yesterday, this is what was interesting uh, to me about the game yesterday. It was um, the way the bench was shortened in the third period. And I think it was rightfully so shortened in the third period of that game. And by the way, don't forget, this is a Monday mailbag edition of CBJ and 30. So if you have a question for me, um, different things you can do. Send it via Twitter, at BobbyMacSports. You can email me, bobbymac at bluejackets.com. Or if you're live on Twitter Spaces with me right now, just request to be a speaker. And I will bring you up, and you can ask that question right this moment, and, uh, and I'll answer it for you. Anyway, um, the lines, when it got down to the third period, and especially the second half of the third period, Brad Larson had basically shortened his bench to three lines in last night's game, and he made a couple of changes. Sean Corrales' line wasn't playing. Corrales, throughout the night, was with Eric Robinson and Carson Meyer. By the time it got to the third period, it was no longer um, those two guys – Eric Robinson had actually moved to Cole Sillinger's line, was playing with Sillinger and Igor Chinikov. and uh, Corrali would come out and take the odd faceoff, especially those faceoffs in the defensive zone. So Meyer and Corrali, for the most part, were out of the mix. Liam Foodie had been playing with Cole Sillinger. He was now out of the mix. Uh, Kent Johnson moved up to play with Johnny Gaudreau on the top line with Boone Jenner and Patrick Laine was playing on the second line with Jack Roslovic and Gus Nyquist. So this Marchenko recall, here's a guy that out of training camp got sent to Cleveland, didn't say boo about it. You know, finally comes over from Russia after being drafted years ago, finally comes over from Russia, and winds up getting sent to the American Hockey League, doesn't say boo about it, goes down there, plays well from Everything that I've heard from the guys that I've talked to that have come up from Cleveland this year, consummate teammate, fun guy, somebody everybody likes to be around. Guys are getting called up all around him. All right, whatever. No worries. He's putting up points, but this guy's going, that guy's going, another guy's going, and he is staying there. Just keeps on working. And so now here he is. So the Blue Jackets, they're, they're looking. Like, people are going to get chances. And the people that take advantage of those chances the most are going to be the people that are going to stay. I, I think it's its very simple with what's going on here right now. Um, you know, Liam Foody, I think there are some games that I, I think he looks fine. And although when I say he looks fine, he's a former first-round pick. So initially, our, our expectations are always higher for those guys, right? You're always looking at the first-rounders, and you're saying, this guy should be able to step in right now, should do something, should jump off the page, and that's not what Liam does. He's got good speed, and he can play a responsible game at times, but putting it all together has been an issue. And it's not just him. It's a lot of guys. That's that's the real trick about playing this game as a professional, right? It is, You've got to put it together, and you've got to keep it together consistency if you are not consistent you will not play and that's true in every level of this game it really is it's true when you play junior hockey it's true when you play college hockey it's true when you play in the east coast hockey league or the echl it's true when you play in the american hockey league and it's certainly true when you play in the national hockey league so how do you find that consistency how how do you gain the trust of a coach that's going to put you in there night in and night out, and do it for long enough that then it no longer is a question. If you're Gus Nyquist, there's no question. You're going to play all the time. Why? Because for years, you have been that guy that has been trustworthy and constantly done the same thing day after day after day, right? If you're Boone Jenner, you, there's never a thought. Why? Because you've done the same thing day after day after day after day. It's really simple. I, I You know what? Eric Robinson is kind of in that spot right now, and I know Robinson is a guy that has been uh, an in-and-out-of-the-lineup kind of guy. But, you know, all of a sudden, he's been consistent in the way that he has done stuff. And he is uh, staying in the lineup. And that's that's what I'm saying here. It is the consistency that keeps you around. So, you know, Carson Meyer comes up here. He's playing really well in Cleveland. And Trafix Wolanski comes up. He was playing really well in Cleveland. And I don't expect these guys to put up the same amount of points that they were In the American Hockey League, I really don't. But you've got to be adding something day in and day out. You've got to be noticeable. You've got to be adding something. And uh, when you do that, then and only then is when you're going to get a chance to stay in that lineup all the time. All right, let me see. I've got uh, Jan here on Twitter Spaces that wants to ask a question. So um, so if you will unmute, have you muted there? If you'll unmute, you can ask your question to me and uh, we'll get on with it if you don't. Okay, there you go. Uh, here, let me see if I got the right control right here. How are you doing?
1: How are you doing? Uh, hello, Bob. Uh, hello, everybody from the Czech Republic here. I just have one question. Uh, I just want to clarify this uh, about Jake's injury. He said that it uh, took place in Finland and he, he got uh, hit by a stick. I was watching the game, but I didn't notice really any, any incident. So I just want to clarify, uh, do you know when it happened or like in what period it happened in the first game in Finland? Uh, uh, and that's basically the question. Thank you.
0: Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Yes, it happened in the first game. And it uh, I can't remember what period it happened. I want to say it happened in the third period. Maybe it was the second period. But um, anyway, he got hit. Uh, His lip got cut. He was bloodied. It was a a double minor for Colorado when it happened. He finished the game, and he even met with the media after the game. But obviously, he was not in good shape, or he, he might have been fine for that moment, but then by the next day. Because the next day, every indication was that he was going to play until right before the game. And it was a little bit before the game that we found out that he wasn't going to be playing in that one. So, uh, again, I forget if it was the second or the third period that it happened, but his lip got busted open. Uh, There was blood. It was four minutes' worth of penalty time. And then he went went off, got fixed, and he came back and he finished the game. And that was the last game that he played. So, to clarify, that's exactly what happened to uh, Jake over in Finland when he got hurt in that very first game. Uh, on Twitter, Tyler has sent me this. He says, I've liked the battle from the team a lot more recently, but there's still that feeling that whenever the Blue Jackets give up the lead, they're chasing for the rest of the game. What changes need to be made to regaining and holding leads, making them feel more achievable for this team? Um, what, <laughs> The biggest changes to get the, the first goal. Look at the game in Winnipeg on Friday night. You know Patrick Laine scores early in the first period, and all of a sudden everybody settles in, and boom, here we go, right? Um, and then they build upon that lead, and they got it to two to nothing, three to nothing, four to nothing, skating with a lot of confidence, and they—you could see where they felt that they could just do it. I don't know exactly what it is that Detroit does to the Blue Jackets, because you know Brad Larson said after the game last night that his team just mentally wasn't there. You could just see early on that they they just weren't there. And I know what he means, but it's hard to understand why. Um, Just because, you know, you played so well. Four games in a row you played well. Only one of those you got the the win in. I I get that. I understand that. But you got points in two of those four games. You're playing well. You're playing with structure. You know that when Detroit was here a couple of weeks ago that – Every time you turned the puck over, you just fed into that turnover, 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 and you got beaten. So you can't do that again. But but they did do it again. They not not to the extent as they did last time. Detroit was here, but they did do it again, and they, and they kept making mistake after mistake after mistake. But um, I mean, you are, when you're saying Tyler, when you're saying they're chasing the lead, I, I'm assuming, I'm guessing that you what you mean is that uh, they're kind of. I don't know. Desperately is that what you mean? They're desperately chasing the lead, like they're like they're a little bit unglued, or they uh, try to do too much, or something like that. Um, you know, they they're still a young team. I, I get it. I get that, but uh, it's really the mistakes. Is it? to me that's what it is. It, like last night, you know, they get back to within one goal, and they've got some momentum. You know, first of all, they got no momentum, and then they uh, and then they get the power play goal. And now they're down three to one, and then they find a way to get the second goal, and now they're feeling it, and it's a three to two game. Then it looks like Detroit scores, and the goal is taken away for being offside. Which I thought when that happened, that that was an omen that this game was turning around. The Blue Jackets were going to win it, and and there you go. But as it turned out, then Andrew Cop scored to make it a four to two game, and and he scored. You know, that goal that he scored, I was talking with Jody Shelley about this after the game last night. That is a normal play for a goaltender to go over and, and take the post like Corposalo did. But it, his shoulder was was down a little bit lower than um, – well, it was it was down too low because that's where Cop shot the puck, right up over his shoulder. And I, I was wondering, you know, why – I just thought there was a lot more room than there should have been. Now, I was talking with Jody about it, and Jody – who was standing at ice level during doing the game last night, and he had a different perspective. He's on the other side of the ice. He's right at ice level. He said, you know, there was a guy driving down the right wing side, so maybe he had one eye on that guy and, and thought there was going to be a pass and, and was getting ready to, to slide. Now, I didn't ask Jonas about this, but, but that would make sense, right? I mean, if you're up against the post and you think that that puck's going to go across the crease to the other side, and if you're getting ready to push off your right skate, I think your body just in general, would kind of lean forward as you get ready to to give that shove. And maybe that's what happened there, but give credit to andrew cop and and Jonas Carpasalo did after the game. He gave him plenty of credit. He said that was a good shot.' It was a shot he should have taken, and uh, he put it in the net. So that wouldn't you know that that's what makes it tough right there. And that's when the real chase begins, Tyler, to get back to what you're asking there. um you know, then it's kind of that is kind of like you know, they're only playing three lines. They know they're only playing three lines. And now they're just trying to to do whatever they can. And, and sometimes I think when they get desperate, it's uh, more discombobulated than ever. And I thought there were some points in that third period where that happened to them last night. But, um, you know, again, get the lead. Get the lead and and build on the lead. That's that's the cure to everything. You know, just as they say, winning cures everything. Well, scoring goals and putting yourself in the driver's seat, that cures a heck of a lot of stuff. So you um, need to concentrate a little bit more on doing that. And when you do get behind, and if you are quote-unquote chasing, make sure that you chase in a way that you're still being responsible and structured and that you're not uh, making mistakes and turning the puck over because as soon as you start doing that, then all of a sudden that one goal that you're down turns into two goals that you're down turns into three – And then all of a sudden, you're you're in big trouble. You're in a bad spot, as they say, at that point. So the Blue Jackets are practicing. Actually, as I do this show right now, they are practicing, getting ready to take that trip to Pittsburgh. And, you know, trip to Pittsburgh is translated so many times into taking a loss with this team. It's incredible how long it's been since they've won in Pittsburgh. It's been years since the Blue Jackets have won a game in Pittsburgh. Go back to the preseason this year. They had a lead in the third period. It got away, and uh, <laughs> and they lost the game. It drove me crazy then uh, because it, it just gets, you know, there's, there's just a point where you get tired of the same old, same old. And the players that have been around here for a long time, you know doggone well that they are tired of that same old, same old, and they are looking to change that tomorrow when they take on the Penguins. And they have a little bit extra Pressure, and I'll put pressure in quotes because it's not necessarily pressure. It's a good thing, but the moms are here. The players' moms are here to take the trip to Pittsburgh and watch their sons play against the Penguins tomorrow night, and then they'll be in the stands for the game against the Buffalo Sabres on Wednesday night. So it really is a special thing for the team. And, you know, for years there were dad's trips, and then uh, the mom's trips came into being around the league. And not only is this very fair, but I think it is essential. Now, I can't speak for every family that plays hockey. I can only speak for my own. And I will tell you this. If my wife wasn't taking my son to the rink for his practices, for his games, then he wouldn't have been able to play. Simple as that because of what I do for a living. You know, I. it's funny because my son, growing up, he played uh, two sports. He played hockey in the winter, played travel hockey in the winter, and he played travel baseball in the summertime. And you you might think that if I, if I just said to you, of those two sports, how much do you think that uh, – which one did I see more of? If you're not thinking about it, you would probably say, well, you, you probably saw more of the hockey games, I would imagine. You work in the NHL. You're a hockey guy, but that's actually the reason I didn't see those games, because I I couldn't be there. I was either here at Nationwide Arena or I was on the road somewhere, and I didn't get to see very much. I was just telling somebody uh, last week who was I talking to about this the uh, the uh, the technology now today. Oh, who was I talking to? Somebody. Somebody has uh Their son is playing on a a travel team, on a Columbus Capitals travel team. And one of the dads actually streams the game, and he does play-by-play on the games because his wife sent me a cameo request to send him a message. And that's how I know all this. And that's when I went on his YouTube channel and I was watching him. And I thought, you know, when my son was playing, I would have loved to have somebody doing this. Now, the technology wasn't the same then. You didn't just go in and turn your phone on and and start – calling a game in the rink um you know most people won't do that because they're you know self-conscious um you know it got to the point where people were starting to turn their phones on near the end of his career they turn their phones on and, and do the game and then you know they put uh they put the fixed cameras in all of the chillers around columbus here and a lot of other rinks around the country that you can just go through an app and you can pay to to watch games and it's not the same by any means, but you know, for a guy like me that might have been in Canada at the time, or California, or even right here at home and unable to go, you know, I could at least turn that on and I could see a little bit uh, here and there. And again, my son was a goalie, so it's not like I had to sit and go, "Is that him? Is he doing it?" I, I knew what he was doing. That that part made it easier for me. But, it. But again, if his mom wasn't there for him and giving him that support, and taking him everywhere he needed to be, and taking all those trips, and I mean, the the trips that they took everywhere from Chicago to St. Louis to uh, Toronto to uh, Minnesota, I mean, they were everywhere, and they got to see so much of the country, got to see so many different places, and we were just having this conversation over Thanksgiving break when he came back from college, and And he was saying how when he was in, um, you know, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, the teachers were mad because when you're playing travel hockey, and and I understand teachers being mad about this, and I wasn't exactly the biggest fan, but there's so many of these tournaments that start on, like, Friday morning. And if the tournament starts on Friday morning in Minnesota, you're leaving Thursday, or you might be leaving Wednesday, and you're missing all that school. So he was, he was laughing, and he was talking about, uh, hey, remember how the teachers used to get so mad when I would say, hey, I'm going to be out uh, Thursday and Friday this week, and then it would come the next week, and I'm going to be out Friday, and then the next week I'm going to be out Thursday and Friday that week too. And we were laughing because, um, as he said, he learned – so much more on those trips than he did by going to school (laughs) in many ways, in many different ways. But, you know, they got to go to so many places and see so many things and stay in so many bad hotels along the way and skate in so many old and decrepit rinks. Uh, It's life experience. It's life experience. And that's why I'm such a big proponent of these moms trips because uh, I know that all of these moms had a huge role in their son playing hockey and eventually making it to the National Hockey League. So for them to be able to, to come in and take a trip like this and, and fly on the team plane and stay in the team hotel and go out for a team dinner, it's uh, it's really a, – a re- it's not just a reward. It's a thank you. It's a thank you for everything that they did along the way when their little boy was playing hockey and was growing up and was learning all about the game and learning all about life And now they find themselves in the National Hockey League. And whether it's for, if if your son is here for this trip, and this trip only, and you get a chance to come in here and experience it with him, good on you. And as I said, I, I think the words I think of is thank you. And, you know, the same with the dads. The same with the dads. But the dads got acknowledged for so many years, and the moms got passed over in that acknowledgement, I think. And You know, as I said, in my household, um, if I got to take a trip, if my son was playing in the NHL and I got to take a trip with him, it really wouldn't have been deserved because I didn't put all of the extra work into it to make sure that he got to where he needed to go and do what he had to do. And it's simply because I couldn't. So um, I hope these moms have a good time today at practice. They were all out on the ice taking a, a team picture. And as I said, we'll get on the plane this afternoon, fly over to Pittsburgh, They'll go out for a dinner tonight, and then tomorrow the Blue Jackets will take on the Penguins and then come back here and play against the Buffalo Sabres on Wednesday, and that'll be the two games for the Moms, and I know that they will enjoy it. They will be uh, thrilled. Some of them are going to make new friends on this trip, and I think that's a great thing too. That's one thing about you know sports families, and I'm not just going to hold it to hockey. Uh, it's It's every sport, but... You know, it seems in in most cases, you know, as you're growing up, especially if your kid plays on the same team with other kids and and that nucleus stays intact and you get to know the other parents and, you know, some people uh, have their lifelong friends have come from uh, the other families that played sports with their kids, whether it's hockey, baseball, soccer, you know, boys, girls, doesn't matter. You're around other people, you tend to make friends and, uh, some of these moms probably already know each other. I'm sure they do. The ones uh, that have been around for a while and their kids have been on this team for a long time, they know each other, but there are some other ones that are going to make some new friends here over the course of the next couple of days, and I think that is very, very special. So it's uh, going to be a lot of fun, and hopefully the Blue Jackets can go into Pittsburgh and they can uh, do something they haven't done in a long, long time, and that is beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. There would be nothing better than that. And the Penguins were on a skid, and now over the course of the last couple of games, they've played better. Um, Chris Letang is out of their lineup. He had a stroke last week. It was the second time that he has had a stroke. They said this one is uh, a mild stroke, but he's out indefinitely. So, uh, ironically, they've played a little bit better without him. And it's not because, you know, somebody else has better talent than him. He's one of the top defensemen in this league still, if you ask me. But, um, you know, they're in a situation like the Blue Jackets where, you know, one of your key guys is out, somebody else has to step up and play better, or as a group you've got to get better, and that's what they've been doing. Uh, you know, for them, they've got one guy out, and the Blue Jackets have, like, seven guys out. That's that's the difference here. But for the Blue Jackets, they just need to go there and, and play the, the simple game. I know, it's all cliched. I, I, don't know, I don't know how to say it any any better than that, though, right? Don't try to be fancy. Don't try to do things you can't do. Ah, uh, don't be starstruck by Sidney Crosby or Evgeny Malkin or anybody there. Just go out and play the game, play it hard, and play like you did really in in Winnipeg. If you do that, you're going to be in good shape. You're playing your defensive zone, use your defense to create offensive chances, and when you get the chances, you got to find a way to bury it. And hopefully, they'll be able to go to Pittsburgh and do that tomorrow night, seven o'clock game against the Penguins tomorrow on the road. And you'll be able to uh, watch the game on Bally Sports on Ohio or listen to it with me on the Blue Jackets radio network. And pregame coverage on both radio and TV starts at 6.30 tomorrow for that game at 7 o'clock. Oh, by the way, while I'm talking about game times, on Wednesday when the Blue Jackets are back at home to take on the Sabres, that will be a 7.30 game on Wednesday night, just so you know. Mark that on your calendar. That is a nationally broadcast game on TNT, and the puck will drop at 7.30 on Wednesday night. So make sure that you are uh, – well, you could, you wouldn't be late, right? If you showed up for a 7 o'clock game, you'd still be here plenty early enough. But I just want you to be prepared and aware. It's as simple as that. Thanks for joining me on this Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ in 30. Again, Jake Voracek talking about his health, not able to return to playing hockey for the foreseeable future. And he is going to continue to try and get better. The Blue Jackets on the road today, playing in Pittsburgh tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Until then, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.